of course I'm thankful. I'm thankful already. It's a big week for being thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I learned how to be a gracious winner and that when you lose, only a real loser is a uh, sore loser. Oh, hi. It's uh, Pete Pomisano. Nice to see you. Well, it's the first of the big holiday weeks and uh, Thanksgiving coming up. And I've had to tell you that this is a very, very good time for us to have started our new format here on Off-Road because Off-Road has the new to-go feature and that feature will be highlighting some restaurants in the area and as we've just gone to Orange and the restaurants have had to close up again, the to-go feature is more important than ever. You know, when I was much younger, I remember that being in the Oranges meant, uh, you know, the game was almost sold out. It was the Sabres or the Canisius Golden Golden Griffins going against the Purple Eagles and the place was sold out and and the Buffalo Braves were in the playoffs and you were in the Oranges. You paid $3 or $5 if it was a playoff game and you were up in the Oranges and that was a good thing, but now being in the Oranges is not a good thing for our friends in the restaurant business. So I'm glad that we've started this feature wherein we have some of our Road Less Traveled ensemble members talking about their favorite restaurants for takeout. And today we'll be featuring Lisa Vetrano giving her favorite restaurants. Also on the program today, Miss Patty Thomas. Well, actually, it's Mrs. Patty Thomas. She is the wife of Thurman Thomas, the Buffalo Bills great Hall of Fame, all-time great running back. But today we focus on her. She is herself an entrepreneur in her own right, although she does manage all of Thurman's, you know, public appearances and things like that. But Patty is a very interesting woman, and I especially wanted to talk to her about her business and her special charity activities with the Thurman Thomas Family Foundation, which I learned a lot about. So she's coming on today. And also we have a surprise guest at the end of the podcast for my one question quickie, but I'll I'll leave that a surprise for now. So it's Thanksgiving week. I've got to get the turkey out of the freezer. Uh, I will be FaceTiming and uh, Zooming with my family, but I'll be cooking my own damn turkey. So take that out of the freezer and start the old defrosting process. And in the meantime, let's listen to Lisa Vetrano as she talks about two of her favorite restaurants. And when you hear her talk, you'll know these really, she really loves these places. Lisa Vetrano is going to tell us about two of her favorite restaurants for the new off-road segment, Ensemble to Go, here on RLTP's Off-Road. So listen, you're the first of our uh, nice. RLTP Ensemble to Go interviews. So our goal here is to plug some places and let them know we're going to plug you because I think everybody's got favorite takeout, and I think it's going to become even more and more important for restaurants to be able to rely on takeout. So tell me one or two or six of your favorites. Well, my two my two favorites are uh, Taj Grill and Romeo and Juliet's. Okay, well, I'm not at all familiar with Taj Grill, so let's do Romeo and Juliet's first because I've been there. Uh, okay, yeah. It's the best. I mean, of course, you can't eat inside now, but when you could eat inside, it's just this lovely little quaint, you feel like you're like in a little Italian villa garden situation, but yes. their dinners are 
amazing. I mean, it's all, it's homemade pasta. It's all, you know, homemade everything. It's, it's delicious. Uh, so it's on the corner of Hurdle and, you know, I'm not sh- I don't know what that street is. You know, is. don't worry about it. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Yeah, it's North Buffalo. Do they have the entire menu available for takeout or what, what, do, yeah. you like, what do you like about their takeout? Well, I mean, it's just, it's the perfect, they're not open on Mondays. That I know for sure. Good. Okay. Good to know. That's important. <laughs> because and it, it seems like every time we were like, oh, let's get Romeo and Juliet's and it'd be a Monday <laughs> and you're like, oh, they're not uh, open. Yeah. I usually get like a, there's this turkey panini. They call it the Alberti. And the turkey is like, I mean, it's for lunch meat. It doesn't taste like nasty sliced lunch meat. It's a really good turkey. Tastes like somebody actually cut it off a turkey. Yes, yeah, it kind of does. And the bread is, you know, they're baking that bread in there. Mm -hmm. It's so good. And (laughs) in the, like everything about it, even like the tomatoes, any, I don't get tomatoes, raw tomatoes on anything anywhere else. But raw tomatoes slices come on this sandwich, but they're like the best tomato. And you wonder, where do they find these tomatoes, especially in the middle of winter? And you go, <laughs> what? where did he, I can't find a tomato to save my life that tastes like anything other than cardboard. Yeah. And these are delicious. Yes. I think they've got a greenhouse somewhere or something. <laughs> and they're, they're growing these big like beefsteak tomatoes all right so they've got their whole menu available it's it also it's a tremendous bakery yeah. uh, pastries pastries and stuff like that too oh yes pastries <laughs> cannoli the cookies you can get like cookies by the pound oh my lord <laughs> and you can get varieties like i know around the holidays that's a big thing they 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 sell a lot of cookie packages around the holidays. So let me ask you, so they're not open on Monday. Do they take credit cards or is it a cash-only place? No, I think they That's take, important to know. Yeah, yeah, no, they take cards. I, I Yeah, I think they take credit card. They're closed Sunday and Monday, but they, they according to this, they open at 1030 and they close at 8 to 9 o'clock, depending on the day. Weekends, mm-hmm. I think, at 9 and we've ordered dinners from them. Like we've ordered the, like a pasta, pasta dinner and with salad and, you know, appetizers. They have everything. It's one of the ones I get, I get the lobster ravioli. It's like a lobster ravioli. Oh, yes. In, in a, um, like a, they call it like vodka cream sauce. Yes, yes. But it's really good. <laughs> okay. Well, that, all right. Well, that's great. Cause I didn't even know they did dinners. Oh, yeah. Let's move on to the Taj Grill, because this one I know nothing about. And where is it located? Okay, Taj Grill is, it's on Delaware Avenue at the end of Linden. There's the Coles and a Big Lots, and there's a uh, Tim Hortons there. Oh, I know where that is. But yeah. on the side, yeah, there's like a side little strip kind of. But mm-hmm. in that side sort of strip there is Taj Grill and there I was largely unaware of it for a long time until um my son is a big Indian food fan and my my dad too but when we have like when my sister comes into town or whatever they we ordered a bunch of food from Taj Grill and I was like why didn't you guys tell me about this place? So I literally only discovered it like just a few months ago. And now anytime I want Indian food, I get it from there. Oh, that sounds great. Anything in particular you'd recommend there? Is it a wide variety? Is it a like a, a full menu? It's a pretty big full menu. Uh, appetizers, they do non breads, but they do, they have all different kinds of the, their non is like, it's like a flatbread. Okay. But they'll do, they have like a ton of different varieties 
these, like those, I usually just get the garlic. It's got garlic and seasonings, but they have ones that, whether it's stuffed with spinach and seasonings, they have all different kinds and they're appetizers. They got samosas and everything. <laughs> Soups. <laughs> Everything's available for takeout. It, yeah. You, oh, it sure is. And <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I just got some a few days ago and in the, the portions are huge. You know, you order like, I think like all the entree dinners are, they're roughly like under $20, um, mm -hmm. you know, chicken, beef, lamb, whatever, vegetarian options. Wow. They got everything. I usually just get the chicken. I get what's called a chicken malai. I usually get it spicy. I like, I like my food spicy. I do too. I yeah. do too. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and this kid, like they give you like a little thing of soup. Sometimes I don't even get to the soup because I'm just all about that. And it'll last me like, It'll last me three days. I like that. I like it's that. a lot. What about the price range? What are we talking about here? You don't have to give me dollars, but I mean, would you say that they're sort of a, let, let's start with Taj Grill since we're on there. Are they sort of a, a, a middle ground, not too expensive? Not Yeah, I, I think I think it's reasonable. All the, the entrees, well, I usually only get chicken entrees. $13.99, $14.99, dollars They're all, all like mm -hmm. under $20 for an entree. For entrees. And it's a lot of food. But yeah, I think they're reasonable. You know, they're, mm -hmm. uh, they're I know they're appetizers, like some most, they run anywhere from like, you know, $3.50 to $8, $9, depending on what the, what the appetizer is. Right, right. And same with Romeo and Juliet's. Are they reasonable? I think reasonable. Absolutely. And I'm sort of a cheapskate too, so. <laughs> if I find it reasonable, I think it's I think it's reasonable. Yeah. It's well, I think this is a great start to our series because you clearly like this food. <laughs> I I'm like I'm a, an insane person about takeout food, and like I I have I go um, in phases with my favorites. You know. You know what? You're making me so hungry just talking to you about this. Now, now I'm thinking, what am I going to do tonight? Maybe I should do takeout tonight. So I always <laughs> yeah. order two or three entrees and appetizers and everything. All right, Lisa Vitrano, thanks so very, very much oh, for your my pleasure, first Peter. in a series of RLTP Ensemble to Go reviews. And I hope I hope these people stick it out through this whole next phase that we're, we might be going through because we need to help them all out as much as we can. So yeah, thanks, dear. I'll talk to all you again right. soon. Bye-bye now. Always a pleasure, Peter. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So I got so hungry talking to Lisa about her favorite that I decided to go out to my favorite takeout place, which is if you live in the South Towns, if you live anywhere near the, the lakefront in Hamburg or Blaisdell or Lackawanna, the place you want to go is Lucia's on the Lake. It is the best food. And it's normally a really sort of semi-elegant sit-down place and I would go there and I would sit down at the bar and it's a friendly place and everybody knows your name and everybody you know they know what your drink order is it's that kind of a place but I have really missed going there since this whole pandemic hit and one of the things that I missed was the food and lo and behold their takeout is exactly like their sit-down meal it is elegant and delicious and so varied. It is not a cheap place. It's not an expensive place, but it is it is a very delicious place. So if you have not tried Lucia's on the Lake, 
It's on right there on Route 5 in, uh, in Hamburg, right near Camp Road. It is highly recommended for their lobster linguine, for their jumbo scallops over risotto. And, and just a little aside here, you know how you get a lobster dish someplace and there's little tiny chunks of lobster in there somewhere and you have to search around for them? I'm not kidding when I tell you their lobster linguine. I make three meals out of it. I bring it home. There's so much lobster in there. I just add a little more linguine the second time around, a little more linguine the third time around. It's unbelievable. You're going to think I'm kidding you, but when you see how much lobster they put in there, it is well worth the price. Trust me. It's not a burger and fries. It is elegant food for takeout. If it means anything to you, I give it my highest recommendation in the Hamburg area, and it's 15 minutes from downtown. If you want to take a little ride and see the waterfront, they have a Facebook page, Lucia's on the Lake. Check out their menu, check out their phone number. You can call, you can text, they'll call you back, set up an exact time, they'll bring it out to the car for you. Uh, just tell them what time you want to pick it up and it will be ready and delicious. Oh boy, I'm getting hungry again. I think it's time to talk to Patty Thomas, a lovely lady, a smart lady, and she has a lot of irons in the fire here on Off-Road. It's Patty Thomas. When Thurman was put into the ring of honor in Oklahoma State, yeah. I read the article and it said that you two met there where you were a standout golfer. So I wasn't a standout golfer. I was. <laughs> you were not? I was a walk-on, but I made the team as a redshirt freshman. I mean, you know, as a redshirt. So I had talent, but I wasn't necessarily like a, uh, a standout golfer okay but I, I had talent i just i didn't have the focus to do it you didn't have the drive to go out I there didn't. and get all sorts of uh... they spent like hours on end alone out there practicing and it was just not for me oh my god but i love the game i love it and i i play a lot and yeah i'm not a golfer so i really can't even you know compare <laughs> to, to anything else yeah but you know my granddaughter is a swimmer and she spends hours in the pool, yeah. swimming and swimming. Patty, swimming and swimming and swimming. I mean, I go halfway. I gotta love it. I go halfway across the pool, and I'm exhausted. Uh, yeah, I mean, I used to be able to swim and hold my breath and swim for hours and hours, and it is. It's quite a workout for sure. Well, how do you do, Patty? Very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Pete. <laughs> Good to meet you. I'm glad we got to catch up. I'm glad we did. You know, Scott told me, you should talk to Patty Thomas. She'd be a fun interview. And I said, yeah, okay, why not? I got a lot to live up to now. Well, you know, I mean, but I really want to talk about you. I don't think anybody knows about you, although we've seen God knows we've certainly seen you and Thurman on TV a lot lately for your, I know. is it Blue Cross Blue Shield? It is. I must give them a little bit of a plug, but we're the Thomases front and center. Last night as I was going to bed, the last thing I saw was that commercial come, come on the TV. Yeah, so we just, I just played golf, you know, like with my brother and a couple of his friends and, and they kept saying, come on, Patty, you know, you got to get up there and hit the ball front and center. They kept saying to me, <laughs> I was like, oh, you guys are some smart asses, so... <laughs> Yeah, that's this is gonna this is gonna follow you around a little bit for a while. I, I know. Yeah, yeah, it will. It will. I think everybody they did such a great job. 
it was Crowley and Webb shot it, yeah. and they did a really good job. Oh, it's really a, it's a great job. it's a great commercial. It really is. Yeah. The, the only problem with commercials like that, it, it, with people who are relatively famous, is that I spend so much time going, oh, oh, look, there's Thurman and Patty, and yeah. and I yeah. I yeah. had to go and rewind to see what was the commercial for because I didn't pay any attention. Yeah, because you're yeah you see you see your friends, and I know yeah. I know. So listen, I want to talk about you. I you know what you are a Buffalo girl. I am. And I thought, you know, I, I guess everybody assumed that you met Thurman in Buffalo. And then I read the article and no, you met at Oklahoma State. How amazing is that? And then you come back and he's playing for Buffalo. So let's talk about your your early life in Buffalo. Where, where are you actually from? So I'm from, I grew up in Alma and I went to Iroquois High School. And um, that's the majority of my life was spent out there. I, we, we lived in North Buffalo till I was about five. And then we moved out to Alma. Mm -hmm. And I started playing golf when I was about 11. My dad was a member over at Lancaster Country Club. And I was the last of his, of my mom and dad's six kids. And I was his last shot at having like a golfer. Mm -hmm. So there I was, he'd take me out there and I loved it, you know, so we, it was my opportunity to spend that really good time with my dad too. I was supposed to play when I graduated, I was supposed to play for the Canisius golf team. And in July, they dropped their golf program Oh, right before school started. So I had a good friend that played on the men's team for Oklahoma state. And he said, Patty, you're good enough. Come out here. Even if you red shirt, whatever, you're good enough to, you know, try for the team. And they, they were really good, really good. Yeah. And I was, I was good enough for them to keep me, but I just, I didn't have the, the same drive. So, but I enjoyed it. I had a great year. I met Thurman the second week I was there. He was a senior. Oh, but that was your reason for going to Oklahoma State was uh, to, play uh, uh, to play golf. How yeah. interesting, you know, the way yeah. things work out. Isn't it that is. odd? And yeah. then he got drafted that year. I came back home. I was coming home anyways. Mm -hmm. I was going to go to Canisius and and he got drafted. Did you end up going to Canisius then ultimately? I did. I did for another That's year. my alma mater. About 40 years before you. <laughs> and then I got pregnant with our oldest oh. and got really sick. I had awful morning sickness. So that was my collegiate career. Well, you weren't going to come back to play to play golf at Canisius, were you? No, no. Because they had, they had back, eliminated yeah. the program. Right. I just came back. I was just coming back to go to school. Mm -hmm. Well, wait a minute. Let me, let, me, let me go back a step. Sure. So you had six kids in the family? Yes. This was the Mary, pronounce me the last name. Mary Ocker. Mary Ocker. Mary Ocker. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard CH. It's a hard CH. In the Mary Ocker family, you had five siblings. I did. And you. And you were the youngest, the last hope for a golf star. I was. <laughs> uh, we had another little sister a long years later that we have a little half sister. But yeah, she's what well, she she plays golf for fun, but she didn't take it serious, like serious golf. So I see. I see. So it still came down to Patty was the, the last hope for golf. And the rest of your siblings, do they live around here still? Everybody's here. Everybody lives. That's that's yeah. so nice. Yeah. I'm the last one here. My whole family's out of town. Everybody moved south, and it's. It, I think it's great that you're still here. Yeah. Are, are your are your folks still around? My mom is. My mom. I actually just picked her up. She's going to do um a little sleepover, a socially distant sleepover, and we're going to watch the game tomorrow. And um, my dad's been gone since 2008. And yeah, we miss him. Um, but um, yeah, that's that's about it. It's so you come back to Buffalo and you, and you go to Canisius. And what was your focus there? 
Well, I wanted, it was supposed to be psychology. But then you got pregnant. Then I got pregnant. Things I happen. don't know how yeah. that happened. <laughs> well, you know, after we get off the air here, I'll, I'll try explain to explain that a few to things. me. Yeah. <laughs> Although I think you've done pretty well yeah. since then. I did. It out, I, I ha- it I out ha- on your own with your with your kids. Well, let's talk about your family now. You, okay. you have, according to my references, you have three girls and a boy. I do. Is that right? I do. Let's, let's talk about them. Let's start with the oldest. So Olivia's 31 and Olivia, Olivia. Um, she was the Canisius baby. She is. She yeah. is the Canisius baby. <laughs> yep. I was young. I was young, I, pregnant at 19 and had her at 20. She's, um, you know, she's, she, she's fantastic. She went to University of Florida on a full academic scholarship and she's just, she's such a really, really motivated, now she's very motivated girl. She's a golfer too, but she didn't take it to college. A really? uh, good golfer though. And now she works for our construction company and she's doing a really good job for us. Well, that that's great. And then yep. next in line is? Angel. And Angel Angel is 29, just turned 29. Mm-hmm. So she, Angel went to SUNY Erie and got her associates, then went on to Buff State and got her bachelor's in business. And then a year and a half ago, went to Niagara and did the uh, accelerated nursing program. Wow. Yeah. Graduated magna cum laude. and Holy mackerel. Super proud of her. That's wonderful. She finished the nursing school and she's currently working, I think it's Buffalo IVF. And she had a heart for fertility and, and helping women conceive. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's where she's working now. So, and she's really happy about that. Really well, that's happy. That's wonderful. Yeah. So those are the two oldest daughters. Those are the two oldest daughters. My youngest daughter just turned 24, Annika, just started working for us at our construction company. 34 group. We'll get to them. Yeah. And she's a writer and she's, she's a social warrior and, oh. and she's our, our one with the big heart and keeps us all working on our, on our social issues and, you know, just educating us. She's, she's been fantastic. And then the poor lone boy. Yeah. Oh, he's so spoiled. <laughs> he's so spoiled. Oh, to be surrounded with all those women. I envy yeah. him. I have nothing but women in my family as well. Mm-hmm. My daughter, my granddaughters, all my nieces, no boys. So I, I understand. And they dote on him. They do. They're they're obsessed with him, though. He gets anything he wants, and he gets treated like gold. He graduated from IMG, which is um, in Bradenton, Florida. He went there for his senior year. He was at Canisius High School. Mm-hmm. And then his senior year, he went to IMG to play baseball. Oh. And he got, unfortunately, halfway through the season, everybody got sent home. But he, he was able to play half the season. And then he was recruited by Western Illinois. So he is at Western Illinois playing baseball right now. Wow, Western Illinois. You know, I, I've seen some uh, pictures of your family. And of course, they're gorgeous. Those Thank kids you. are beautiful. Thank you. Oh, what a beautiful family. It must be Thanks. so they're good kids. And and they're all still around there. So that's they're wonderful. All, they are. And they're they're just more than anything, they're just they're great kids. They make us proud like every day. I'm sure they do. So okay, let's get into the business end of it here now. Mm-hmm. So you are 
the head, I don't know exactly what your official title of 34, 34 group, but it's a construction company. And I want to spend a little time on that, although I really want to get into, you know, your, the other things with Thurman's Family Foundation and things of that nature. Okay. But, okay. but tell us a little bit about the 34 group. So my family has been in construction for years. In fact, mm -hmm. my sister, uh, my dad owned a construction company for years, and he did mo mostly like industrial parks and, you know, commercial construction, stuff like that yes. for years. And um, my brothers worked in that field for, for a little while, and they didn't really take it anything past when my, when my dad passed away. They mm -hmm. kind of left that along the wayside and went into other careers. But my sister, Mickey, she's the head of facility planning for Kaleida. So she managed the construction for uh, Gates Vascular and the Oshai Children's Hospital. So she man she was the manager and all that construction uh, under her. So she's she's a force to be reckoned with in the in the <laughs> construction field, especially in Western New York. Everybody knows who she is. So um, you know, we about five six years ago. My dad had always wanted us to start a construction company when he was alive. And, you know, we were busy raising family and, and sure. it just, it wasn't, it wasn't the time to do it. And, it, you know, it, we had an opportunity present itself and we were like, you know, I think this is really what we're supposed to be doing, especially with Buffalo and all the really cool things happening and resurgence, you know, of, of just, of building everything and construction, Buffalo. yeah, everything. Everything Buffalo and um, the eco the economy just in an upswing there. And so we were excited to be part of that. Um, and we, you know, we started the company. We, we, when we first started it, we were more of a telecom, but it just, we had a partner that we parted ways with and, and the telecom side of it went with him went with him and then we just kind of transitioned into construction because it was just a natural transition knowing that we had a lot of relationships and a background to go with and 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 so that's what we do we we self-perform we do project management a little bit of construction management starting to delve into that but that you know slowly mm -hmm. and and it's been really interesting and it's been a a, a real learning curve for yes. us too. Now we, this was a, you started this from scratch. This is not an offshoot of one of your dad's businesses. Oh, no, no, no. We started from scratch. I mean, it's named after your, your husband, obviously his number, four, yep. but it was a from scratch business that had a variety of other aspects to it. But now you're focused on, on That's construction. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, we're, we're doing a lot of work. We're yeah. doing a lot of work and becoming, becoming profitable. It was a lot, like I said, we had, we had a lot of learning to do stumbling blocks, learning mm -hmm. to do. And, and that you don't, you know, you don't just get contracts. You actually have to be profitable on those contracts and keep within a schedule and a budget. And we, we hired a new CEO a little under a year ago, and he's been fantastic. Well, Patty, did you have a lot of friends, not friends, but did you have a lot of connections through your, because I, if I wanted to start a construction business, I know you have a background in it and your family had a background in it, but I wouldn't even know where to begin. Did you, did you know people who you could bring in and say, you know, we, we need somebody in charge of this and somebody, maybe people who had connections 
hopefully, you know, with your dad. We we didn't have so much from my dad per se. It was more just relationships that Thurman and I had built over the years. Ah. And, you know, the one thing that we did really good was right off the bat, we, we had an advisory board that consisted of just individuals that we respected that we knew would give us great business advice, mm-hmm. whether, you know, I mean, it could have, we had a few attorneys on our advisory board. We have developers, you know, and, and people that really, really helped us, especially through some of those more you know, tough times. Yes, And that, and that, like I said, that, that was a huge add, like a value to the company was to, to, to do that and make sure that, you know, we had other people that were successful, that new business that were just giving us advice, mm-hmm. you know, once a month, we'd try to meet during the beginning of the company and um, just make sure that we were, that we weren't making too many mistakes, you know, and it's how we survived. I know was, was by having people that we respected to give us good, honest advice. Well, I give you a lot of credit. Well, fortunately in the pandemic, construction is still considered a, a necessary essential, you know, business. So I give you a lot of credit for even being able to keep things going during these incredible times. It is in most of our projects, you know, other than a, a couple weeks here and there, most of our projects did continue on through the pandemic. And I mean, one of our projects is working out at the airport, you know, and that's mm-hmm. not going to stop. We're working over at ECMC and that's hospital work. That's not going to stop. You know, we've got jobs at like the fire, fire engines and schools and things like that. So a lot of it is, is necessary work and it's not going to shut down. Yeah. Is there a particular type of construction that you focus on that you specialize in, or is it just any kind of, I mean, in other words, commercial as opposed to industrial or residential, what do you focus on? We just don't do, we just don't do residential. And, and mm-hmm. it's probably, you know, when you're talking about Buffalo, you have a lot of already existing buildings that are somewhat industrial. So you get good at that. Mm-hmm. You get good at that, but we do, we can do, either industrial or commercial. And there's a lot of build out work, I would say is probably what we're, our niche is, Oh, you know, carpentry, frames, doors, and hardwares, metal studs, like painting. Um, we're signatories with the laborers, we're signatories with the painters union and carpenters union. So that's a lot of the work that we self-perform. And we, you know, we'll veer a little bit out of that, but not too much. And, and, and we try to balance that self-perform work with project management and, you know, putting supervisors on jobs. So it's not all self-perform. That's just terrific. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that you've started this building, excuse me, this construction company, basically from scratch. And yeah. I give you a lot of credit. Congratulations Thank on that. Thank you. It, it wasn't easy. And, and we're doing good and we're stabilizing and starting to actually you know, be in the plus column. And it's, that's a, it's a good thing. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. That's and we, feeling. we, you're getting, giving people jobs, you're giving people, people working, jobs you know? and it's, it's boosting the economy in some different parts of the city that we have a heart for, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's been really rewarding is to be able to see like those types of projects in parts of the city that really need um, our like uh, need people's help and faith and mm-hmm. you know so that's been really great to uh, contribute. So I know you manage you manage Thurman's brand in many in many ways as well. Can you tell us a little bit about 
I, I mean, I'm not sure if this is the only charitable organization, but I know about the Thurman Thomas Family Foundation. Are there other? Well, let's talk about that first, if you can, or, or whichever one you'd like. We started the foundation in 2017, and that was another thing that I would say was we didn't want to half-ass it, to, to be blunt. Mm -hmm. um, we had talked about having a foundation for years, and it just wasn't the right time. We wanted to be able to dedicate, you know, and put energy toward it sure. and, and, have, and have real concrete contribution. And, and that just, it wasn't the time in the past. So in 2017, we started it and started really slow with a little bit of funding here and there. And it's just, it's gotten, it, it, I mean, we have, we've gotten to the point just in the last three years that now we're having folks call us and be like, what are we doing? You know, and, and supporters, like, what are we doing? We're waiting to hear from you, you know? Sure. So, cause they, they know we're, we're doing pretty good work. We kept our mission, not super centrally focused and that that's so, so that we can help you know, different facets of our community, just like, you know, the Road Less Traveled Theater, like we, so we would be able to help and donate money and give them, you know, not just one thing. I understand. I think our main focus has been definitely is education. And we've given to, to date 10 scholarships away through SUNY Erie to students that have fulfilled one year already, but are struggling to pay for that second year. So that we're making sure that they don't drop out due to finances and they finish to get their associate's degree. So that that is what our goal was to come in and provide assistance so that students would be able to continue on and get an associate's degree. And now we're actually trying to put forth another initiative that if they graduate and want to go on to Buff State, we're going to try to set up a smooth transition and an assistance and aid for them to go on to do that. Do, do the kids have to have a, a particular focus like business or education? They don't. But how do you identify? The scholarships are going to people of color in the city. That was the one thing that we were pretty unapologetic about. Good for you. Good for you. And it's, you know, we're trying to bridge the gap there and it, it, it has nothing to do with not wanting to support, you know, um, white students or anything else. But we, we knew that there was a huge deficit and, and we wanted to be able to help. You saw a need and, and that's what you're trying to fill that we gap. We saw yeah. the need and that's it. And, and, and we are unapologetic. I, it doesn't mean I won't explain it, but it, it's also not being sorry. So um, and in the past, we've we've had to explain it, unfortunately. So that's the one thing. And the only other criteria is that the situ the ex circumstances, the extenuating circumstances, need to be proven that you know they need the help. And and we did not. And the and the other thing is we it, it sounds contradictory, but we're not choosing A B like students that are getting A's and B's because those students are all already being provided grants and other things with scholarships and grants. And yes. so our, our focus was to concentrate on students that are passing and, and they're, and they're overcoming odds and they're still passing and they're still, I mean, I'm not saying like passing with a 66, I'm saying, no, I understand you know, anywhere from a D to a B we're, you know, that's what we're looking for because uh, for some of these students, that's really hard to get a C. It's hard. And again, Patty, how do, how do people, do people apply for this? Do they you do. seek them out? Does somebody recommend or? So it's a little bit of both. People can apply for it. I'm pretty sure because the, the folks at SUNY Erie really do the vetting for us. 
and the whole process goes through them. And, and we trust that they're picking the right students and they've done a really great job. So there's no reason to distrust the process that they have in place. Mm-hmm. And I'm not actually sure if, if you, I, I, I know that you, that you can reach out and, and, and be considered. And I'm not sure how they do that through the, the folks at SUNY Erie, but I know that their vettings, a, a lot of it is, is, is kids that they recognize or students or, or, pa- or teachers are recommending, you know, to the, to the faculty, like this student has really worked hard right? and they're taking those recommendations and then they're weighing them. And, you know, our hope to be honest, Peter, is that, you know, in five years, we're giving, you know, 25 scholarships away a year. That's, that's what we, or, or more, that's, mm-hmm. that's what we'd like to get to that level. Do you have corporate backing? We do have corporate, we do, we have corporate backing. Um, you know, last year we had a lot of local companies come in at, at 10,000. We had another like Janny King International, the um, janitorial services was our $25,000 sponsor. Wow. We, we did really well last year. We did our sponsors and, and most of them are, are loyal and committed and will come back each year. And, and even during the challenge of the pandemic, we're going to have to adapt, you know, and we're, we've got a couple things planned and it'll be different, but, you know, we may not make as much as we did last year, but, you know, considering what we're going through, if we even, you know, make half of it, it it'll be great. And we'll be able to give our scholarships. And that's, what's really important. That's the primary focus of the Thurman uh, Thomas Foundation, Family Foundation. I would say that it is education. Mm-hmm. And, and and the thing I guess I'm trying to say is that it is now. It is uh, now. We, it is now. And, and we will continue to hopefully provide these scholarships. It's a relationship that we really enjoy having with the school and it, and we see the benefits of it. I guess I'm just saying that I wouldn't be surprised if we shoot off into something else because we didn't, we didn't want to be pigeonholes. We wanted to be able to help in different areas, but right now we are definitely focused on education. And you had done some, not you, I mean, the, the, the whole foundation had done things with other, was it something to do with uh, youth football? And so- we do a football camp, which is also, which is also, also through SUNY Erie. And, and, and that's been a, a great, I mean, obviously this year, they did a couple things virtual and it's just not, it's just not the same. It's yeah. just, it's just not the same. And you can't get kids excited. They're already doing everything else, virtual, their classes and things. And and it was just really hard to get them excited about a football, a virtual football camp. So it was, it was lessons and, and, and that, that they could see and um, some of the coaches put together for them, but it's, it's not the same. Tough. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a tough one. That's yeah. a tough one. It, same thing with the with the theater community. You know, we're trying yeah. to do things virtually, and and it's different, and it's interesting. It gives me something to watch when there's exactly when there's no football on TV. Exactly. And, and but but it's 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 different. And, it's, and it's hopefully just not the same. And. Yeah. yeah. You also did some things with buying meals during the pandemic. We did a couple. Um, we, we did a couple on our own where we just purchased meals on our own through one was with Osteria, Nick Patillo down at Osteria. Yeah. Yep. Osteria. And we did his stock, the freezer. We purchased a bunch of meals and had them delivered. Um, and that was toward the beginning of the pandemic. And then um, we, 
uh, some was just donations to local churches and they would do um, groceries and prepared meals to some of the seniors. And then we did another campaign with John Cordo and his wife at the Strive for Seniors, where we did the box lunches and snacks and that to uh, local nursing homes. And that was a lot too. And sure. again, that's what I, I guess that's what I'm saying is you just want to be able to to go and help when there's where the need is. And that's why we try to be a little bit broad in our mission so that we're able to help. Who is helping you with this? Because you can't be, I mean, you're running a, the construction company and, and who, who is doing all of this outreach? Who is me? <laughs> I see. So you're a very busy woman. <laughs> I am. I'm pretty busy. I, I, but I, you know, I have a blessed life and I have a good life. Well, what do you, what the heck is your husband doing? He, he shows up. Don't tell me he's sitting around the house. No. Right. See, I'm revealing the secrets now. Patty's doing everything. Thurman's just sitting around the house, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's examining his hall of fame. He's pretty much just as busy as I am because a lot of my to-do lists involve him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so on your to-do list, it says, get Thurman to do this, get, mm -hmm. <laughs> tell Thurman about this. And Basically, yeah. Well, you know, the, that's great because he's, somebody has to be in charge of this kind of stuff. It is. And I mean, we have a board, we have a board for the foundation and mm -hmm. um, we just, we, we recently became a 5013C. But, you know, we've got to designate responsibilities for board members and whatnot. We just haven't done that yet. It's been a lot of me doing it. And my daughters are a big help. But being a 5013C, you have to make sure all your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted and all your numbers match up. So there's a new challenge to that. That's the tax exempt designation. It, it is. And yeah, and, and we just, you know, we've never run a 5013C before. So we just, we're learning and we have to be very careful about how every, you know, the dimes are spent and calculated and our budgets and, and this and that. So, you know, we don't want to do anything wrong. So that's, you want to make, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's You're a right. Lot. It is. But well, with four kids. And a yeah. husband sitting around adults. the house. We've already covered that. I mean, they're adults. <laughs> but they're and adults. The kids, are, yes. the kids help more than they do, you know, distract. Yes. So they're a huge help. Um, that's terrific. That's true. And that's why we called it the a family foundation, because, you know, we all take responsibility for wanting to help. And that's. Oh, I, you know, this is how dumb I am, because I'm looking at it and I'm thinking it's a Thurman Thomas foundation about families but it's not it's a thurman thomas family foundation. foundation yeah oh boy i'm just as dumb as the day is long no i can see <laughs> I, I that's the first i've heard that interpretation but i can see it well that's what i assume because you were doing all of this stuff buying getting meals for families yeah. feeding families in the inner city and and helping disadvantaged students and i'm thinking you are helping families which which you are uh, but you know, so I guess was, it could mean both. I guess it. Let's let's just go with that. Let's just let's say it means that. both. Let's go with that, Patty. I, I first of all, I just want to thank you and Thurman for sticking around in the city, for staying here. I I don't know if how many times people have told you this, but if they haven't told you, you should be told that we appreciate the fact that people like you and Thurman stick around and stay in this city that we all love. And clearly you are making a huge impact and making a huge difference. And I, let's face it, you could be like many others who just went off. I, I mean, I don't even know. Where's Thurman originally from? Houston. 
See that? Uh, yeah. Now you could be in Houston. Now does he still have family down there? Uh huh. He does. Yeah, but you stayed here, and I think that's fantastic. We have a lot of work to do, Pete. Uh, yeah, I. There's a lot of work to do. I here. can see that, and I can see that you're doing your best to keep yourself involved in everything, and it, it's just a fantastic thing. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Oh no, lot. no, really. It's I. I feel it from the bottom of my heart, and I felt it uh, even when we talked about even just talking to you originally. I said this. This is a story that I want to tell. And I'll take some time to edit out all of the dumb things that I've said. So that'll be both of us. All right. It's a deal. It's a deal. I'll try to find anything that you said that might have been. Uh... I don't know. I put my foot in my mouth sometimes too. So make sure you edit that out if you find it. Well, I will. And if you think of anything within the next, you know, week or so, and you go, <laughs> oh shoot, I better call Peter and tell him not to let me. Don't don't say that thing that I said. You got it. You got it. I think I think we're good. To be honest, I think we're good. I think it was we both said some good stuff. I agree. I agree. So listen, you have a good day. I really appreciate you spending this time. You too, Pete, and I'm sorry for the runaround. Well, I, I'm so I, glad I that took it, we were able to I took to it personally. And <laughs> I, I, well, I'll, I'll get over it sometime. Sometime. <laughs> so, great to meet you and talk to you and everything. Great to meet you. Thanks so much, Have Betty. a great rest of your weekend. Go Bills. Go Bills. Happy Thanksgiving. Same to you, Pete. Bye-bye. Betty Thomas, what a delightful lady she was, and what a gorgeous family that is. If you see pictures on Facebook or wherever, or uh, if you see them in their TV commercials. And I should explain to you that the reason why she said sorry for the runaround is that we had a heck of a time trying to establish a date and time for the Zoom interview. And just when it was almost time, I would get an email from her saying, uh, sorry, I got to go play golf now. And my brother called. I forgot about this. And it wasn't a big deal, but that's what the explanation is. So now it's time for our one question quickie with our surprise guest this episode. And this man I have admired for many, many years. He is a designer for Toy Theater of Youth over there in the Allendale Theater. They are, of course, shut down and doing only sort of remote digital things as well. But Ken Shaw designs costumes, designs props, designs sets. He is a brilliant designer. Here on One Question Quickie with Ken Shaw. Ken Shaw, the brilliant designer from Toy that has suffered so greatly, probably one of the theaters that has suffered most greatly during this uh, pandemic because of what kind of a theater just relies on school field trips for its audience. And without schools taking any field trips, you're not going to have any audiences. So, so things have been particularly tough for Toy and for you, Ken Shaw, but I, I don't want to get into that now. I instead want to just ask you the number one question, which is, what was your favorite show that you ever designed? Um, but let, me, let me sort of um, front load it with something. When you're designing for the children's stage, one of the things that we're often up against is people are very, very familiar with the way a book that's been adapted to the stage was illustrated. We mm. are very familiar with how Disney has done it. Right. And so you're always challenged as a designer to 
try to come up with something that people are still going to be engaged with and entertained by, but not disappointed by because they were expecting the Disney version. They have preconceived notions of what they've, what they've seen in the cartoons. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly that's true. I mean, I don't want to call it grown-up theater, but I mean mainstream theater. Certainly there are iconic productions that I think designers have to work against. But in children's theater, it's almost every production. Every child <laughs> or seen the movie or has, so you're always trying to come up with something different. And um, so it's rare that, and not only that, because schools and, and mommy and daddy don't necessarily want to spend money on things that are unfamiliar and don't tie into a curriculum, it's often hard for children's theaters to do programming of just really well-written plays. Like usually it's, it's something that is familiar or connected to them in some way. Mm -hmm. We, many years ago now, opened the Allendale Theatre because there was so much excitement about just the theatre opening. We were really able to take a big risk and we put on something that was truly written as a play. It was a play called The Voyage of the Dragonfly. And that was this huge fantasy. I also say often that, you know, children's theatre is very epic. It's not often that a children's play is a couple people sitting around in a living room talking about life. It, it tends to go to a lot of different locations. It, you know, people travel across oceans and climb mountains and do all kinds of things in children's theater that again, often doesn't happen in grown-up theater. <laughs> so in tackling that, there was a lot going on. Like we were opening a brand new theater and there was all this excitement around it. And we really wanted to kind of put something out there that showed everybody at their best as a best foot forward for the opening of the theater. And I remember going through the experience of trying to design that play. And, you know, it reads like a medieval fantasy. It, it reads like a Tolkien. It reads like, you know, like wizards and, and monsters and quests and all of that kind of stuff. And I really decided to dig my heels in and not try to fall into the pitfall of making it feel like every other fantasy that has ever been done, right? And so as a designer, my struggle was what to look at, like what resources to find. And, and I did everything. I, I looked at, you know, ancient European architecture. I looked at Aztec architecture, Egyptian, Egyptian image. Like I, I looked at all of this stuff and all of these things and nothing quite felt right. And then I looked at the history of fashion and from various parts of the world and all over the place and nothing really felt right. And then out of the blue, I was, this was totally unrelated to working on the show. Somebody happened to send me a book on um, Art Nouveau jewelry and pottery. And I was just perusing it one afternoon because it's one of my favorite eras of history. And in it, there was this incredible kind of um, necklace that was all jewel-toned dragonflies. And I looked at it and, you know, it had this sort of magnificent gold filigree and there were all of these sort of, in a weird way, like like almost nautical-like shapes in the sweeps and the lines of this necklace. And because the dragonfly in Voyage of the Dragonfly is a gigantic boat that a queen uses to sail, to, to gather a flame that's going to stop an ice age that is threatening her queendom. Again, a typical kind of big epic children's tale. And so it became the sort of jumping off point, this wonderful kind of unexpected thing that suddenly all of the scenery and even all of the costuming got really, really inspired by this kind of Art Nouveau um, jewel-toned piece of jewelry that we, we I literally stumbled on and really added to the excitement. And it's, it's why I would say it really became my favorite is um, we were really in a position because we had so much time, like an unusual amount of time, 
to put that show on that myself and Barbara Priori, who's been our head of wardrobe at Toy since we moved into the Allendale Theater, we even did things like made our own fabric because we were able to make our own fabric. Wow. Strip quilting and, and using seminal Indian quilting patterns to kind of create huge panels of fabric from which we were cutting pattern pieces from. So it really just became this admittedly overwhelming but incredible labor of love of everyone who was sort of involved in this thing. I mean, I even think back that um, Brian Cavanaugh, who was our lighting designer at the time, was coming and helping me paint the set because everyone was just so so connected to and so involved in this production because everyone really kind of got behind the the story, the visuals, the excitement of the opening of the theater. So when people asked me the question, going back to what you first said, is what was my favorite show or what was my favorite design? It, it was Voyage of the Dragonfly because there was such an unrelenting sense of communal effort to create it. So many hours were put into it, but through it all, there was just this, but you always want theater to be. You always want it to be this thing where at the end of it all, everyone looks at each other and says, we did it right and we succeeded. But personally, what was more important was that everyone really felt like they had created something unique. That was important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was basically on a singular concept from these dragonfly this dragonfly jewelry that you saw yeah. right and then the whole show like was it the jungle book who you happen to be driving by a garden supply store right <laughs> and and you saw these round hail feeders <laughs> right and and you made an incredible design for that anybody else would have gone by and said where's the tim hortons i'm ready for coffee <laughs> <laughs> but you suddenly saw these circular things and said I can do something with that. Yeah. I want to do a full Ken Shaw interview. So, <laughs> I love it. So thanks very much, Ken. I hope you have a good night. You too. Thank Take you. Take care, my friend. Okay. Bye-bye now. Well, no, I, I never won a single game when I was playing with my granddaughters. They would win all the time, and that's what taught me how to be a good loser. Ken Shaw. You know, I think I am going to do a full interview with Ken Shaw. I think he's probably got a pretty good story to tell. I've got some other great interviews coming up, though, so I, so I want to keep that one on the back burner for a little while. And, oh, do I have terrific interviews coming up before the end of the year. Call it my, my Christmas holiday present gift to you. Next episode, Mr. Brian Mislevy. If you don't know who Brian Mislevy is, then you just don't go to theater at all in Buffalo. Brian is one of the most accomplished actors in Buffalo. He spent time down in New York City. He is a great comic actor, a great dramatic actor, a great musical theater actor. My Lord, he's a, he's a good actor. I'll, I'll just tell you that. And he's a good friend and a lot of fun. Boy, we had a lot of laughs recording this one. So before we go, I want to wish everybody a very happy Thanksgiving, and I hope that you are keeping safe. This thing is real. Please take care of yourself and your families. I hope you just sort of stay home and Zoom with everybody this time around. Uh, better to be safe than sorry. It, it, so we have to sacrifice this one year, maybe even for Christmas. It's so we'll have a lot of Thanksgivings and Christmases to come and sharing with our family in the future. 
All right? That's just my word of advice to you. And get takeout. Get takeout. Support our restaurants. Support our servers. And by the way, when you get takeout, don't forget to throw in a little extra. Throw in a little extra for the staff. Yes, give them a tip. I know there's nobody waiting on you, but give them a tip anyway. Those people working inside still deserve a tip. Give them more than you usually would, is my advice. A bigger tip. It's the holiday season. <sighs> Don't be a Scrooge. I'll see you in a couple of weeks here on RLTP's Off-Road with me, Pete Pomisano. Pete Pomisano.